I'm Jordan. And I'm Donnie. And this is a podcast about the stuff in our New York City apartment. How we find it. Where we put it. And why we're into it. Welcome to Apartment 26. Yay! I'm really excited about this one because, like, we I have like all these plans for episodes that I want to do, and mm. then every week we just kind of like go through and decide which one we want to do. And I feel like this week is this one's time. Wow. Yeah. Cool. This week we're talking about are we minimalists? Mm. And I just wrote a book about minimalism, which is why I wanted to talk about this. It wasn't a very good book, so I'm not going to recommend it here or talk about it. But that's what inspired this episode and this thinking about minimalism. Maybe I'll use minimal language to talk about minimalism. Just by not saying anything. Yeah, responding, grunts, and then people decipher them. Be like, mm. Mm. Mm Mm-mm. It's an interesting tack to take on a purely audio format. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you do that. <laughs> um, I think this is kind of a, an interesting question for us because aesthetically, we're not minimalists at all. We don't have like a Scandinavian modern style, you know, like our living room is not like a white box with one white chair in Bye. it. <laughs> is that what you imagine it would be like to live in that sort of room? I mean, Maybe. I mean, I imagine walking into that room would have that kind of impact, but then over time, it might be a bit unsettling. Yeah. But I think immediately walking into a space that was all of any one color would be like a whoa moment. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I would say that our style is much more like layered than that. And also, we don't have no stuff. You know, it's not like we have 10 things between us. Like, we have a lot of stuff. We are not hermits. Yeah. No. I mean, I think that the original idea of minimalism and some of the books I've read about minimalism are like, how do you get it so that you don't even have that much furniture? Like, people who have, like, a fold-up mattress that they also use as a sofa and no other pieces of furniture, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that's not us, for sure. Mm-mm. But I think... <laughs> The recent discussions of minimalism that are being had of, like, having the amount of stuff you need are interesting and something that's more akin to what our lifestyle is or kind of, like, the conversations we have around our stuff are focused on that, it seems. Mm -hmm. Because if we rewind to, like baby Jordan living in the suburbs. (laughs) I used to have so much stuff. Like 14 year old Jordan probably had 30 pairs of shoes. 15 of which were for special occasions. And like 14 year old Jordan had no special occasions to attend. (laughs) Uh, The way I used to like approach getting stuff was I would be in the store and I would look at a thing and I would be like, oh, I like that. And my way to like affirm that I liked it was to buy it. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I lived in the suburbs, I had space for that. Mm. Like my shit wasn't overflowing or anything. Everything fit in my closet. Everything was really easily organized and you could see all of it. But I had absolutely no need for it because like 
where was 14-year-old Jordan going, <laughs> you know? 14-year-old Jordan never driver's license. No, absolutely not. Um, and really, the reason that changed was that I moved to a city and it was really clear to me that I couldn't have all of those things. And then I only brought certain things with me and I didn't even miss anything that I'd left behind. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that ever like in that 10 year span, it really occurred to me that I, that one way was better or not. It was just kind of like, well, I can't have that stuff now because my lifestyle necessitates like less stuff in less space. Mm -hmm. And I think, Really, like in the past six months to a year, I've been thinking more about like the emotional side of stuff. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. you're really doing this. You're really just like not saying any words. Okay, I'm just gonna keep talking then, um, unless you wanted to talk about your relationship with stuff. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Well, something we do now, like, I love to get rid of stuff. Um, No one can hear you nodding. (laughs) I love to get rid of stuff, and I think we have always been pretty responsible about that. You know, our first thought is not, like, to throw things away. Though Mm -hmm. I know in a lot of the discussions about minimalism, something people say is, like, you should, like, the point is to get rid of it in the first step um Hmm. so like the easiest way for you to do that you should do that but obviously like recycle if you can donate if you can they really advocate not trying to sell it because Hmm. as we have experienced a lot of times you have to hang on to something for a long time in order to sell it Mm -hmm. and like that's not the point of a minimalism process i don't know that we've ever gone through like a very serious minimalism process i would say every season or so we kind of go through our things and see what we don't want anymore Mm -hmm. and try our best to do donations um or if like when we redid the bedroom we have kind of a big change that a lot of stuff gets switched out then we might try to sell stuff yeah yeah it did more like spring cleaning yeah and we're just like oh we don't need these things these things have been underneath the cabinet forever so maybe we should donate them yeah so we try very hard to do that we'll have a separate episode about trash the reason i haven't done that one is because it makes me like really worked up and sad Mm. um but like i'm like really weird about trash now so we try not to generate a lot of trash if at all possible um Mm -hmm. but kind of moving into the later discussion of like what we bring in um i read a book called Simple Matters by Aaron Boyle, who runs a blog called Read My Tea Leaves. I just plugged like all of her things right there. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty seamless run. Thank plugs. you. Um, like a power strip. <laughs> she. Yeah, so that one's singing. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to talk a lot, but when I do, <laughs> they'll be zingers, let me tell you. Um, her book was about living in small space specifically, and I think, like, I've read a lot of books like that, and they all kind of have to do with, like, how much stuff do you need or and where are you going to put the stuff you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things she said that for some reason, like, is so simple but really got to me was, like, 
the best thing to do is not to buy it in the first place. Mm. That something I do personally and something she mentioned like a lot of people do is like you can buy like a shirt for $20 at H&M and you can wear it a couple times mm-hmm. and you can be like, oh, this was only $20. It doesn't matter that I don't wear it anymore. I'm just going to donate it to Goodwill mm-hmm. and someone else will wear it. And we have this idea of like the donation economy of like, if I donate something, it will necessarily be purchased and reused by someone else. Mm-hmm. And that's not really the case. Like <laughs> Goodwill, like any other retailer has to turn over their inventory in a set period of time. And if something doesn't sell in that period of time, what they used to do was like sell it to someone who recycles textiles, but because there's so many donations now, specifically of clothing and textiles, there's no market for recycling of textiles. Like dun, dun, dun. you can't make any money doing that. And so what Goodwill has to do is throw it away. So like, even if I donated it, the end result of that thing is that thing being thrown away. And so, I don't know why I like had never thought about that before because mm. it feels really good to just be like, oh, all this stuff is donated. I'm going to like maybe write it off on my taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I started thinking about it as like, oh, if that stuff doesn't actually get reused, like do I want it in the first place? I think that like changed my relationship a lot with mm-hmm. the consumption of things. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're still doing it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, I have to speak to it a little bit. Um, I think, I think what you said about it feeling good is, is probably why most people don't think, I mean, even I don't, or like never, had never really thought of it until you read the book and brought it up, that stuff that goes anywhere, really, unless maybe some of the, I don't know, it looks like we're not necessarily talking about it today, but some of these newer companies that you've been exploring, unless it's like directly stated in the mission statement of the company or in the mission statement of the nonprofit or wherever you're donating things to, that it will be recycled. I mean, these places necessarily so also have fiscal obligations and have to run, you know, run their storefronts, run their businesses. And so things will, end up getting thrown out and i think on the donator end like you're saying it feels good you're like ah, i gave my things to goodwill i didn't throw them out it's a good thing i bought these things and then gave them away and i think it's it's like fine to feel that way you know i don't want to shit on people's feeling of giving because that's an important thing and that's an important incentive in like gaining control of your stuff is that like feeling of not only like cleaning up your own space, but also doing something good with the things, right? But but it is an important piece of this conversation to be like, where really are the things you're giving away, quote unquote, giving away, going? Yeah, I think something that this has changed in us specifically is when we do donate things or when we do go to recycle things, because I also learned a bunch of fucked up shit about recycling, that it's not even that good, mm. um, which is a topic for another day. Um, we have started to kind of go out of our way to like find specific situations in which that thing will be recycled or, you know, will be reused that are more specific than Goodwill. So Mm -hmm. like you were talking about Marine Layer is a brand that I found and I was looking at their stuff and I found out that they will specifically take 
old t-shirts because they're running a program to recycle old t-shirts mm-hmm. or like um brass which is a company i've purchased things from will sell you a recycling bag that specifically goes to a textile recycler who still does take these sorts of donations mm-hmm. um there's a company called TerraCycle that has partnered with brands for brands to buy back their own trash and like pay for the cost of recycling it. Mm-hmm. Um, but those boxes are specific. So like Colgate sponsors a box that will take back toothpaste tubes or like Cliff Bar sponsors a box that will take back energy bar wrappers that are like foil lined. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't tried that yet. It's a little bit intense and we can, if we do that, talk about it in like one of our eco episodes or something but yeah well it's a little bit intense i mean back to the crux of this episode because where is the line when you think about like if the purpose of minimalism is to reduce on a personal level then like where is the line if you're sitting and collecting a bar of cliff bar wrappers yeah definitely you know? and i think that's an interesting contrast to the perception of like minimalists as necessarily I don't know, environmentalist for lack of a better term or like space and earth conscious, but there's definitely a line like in our space. I, I don't know that we could have a box like right. designated to cliff bar wrappers. It'd be like, here's our couch. Here's a bookshelf. Here's our cliff bar wrapper box. You know, it would just be like out and about. And that is like a pretty not chill aesthetic yeah. <laughs> on the whole. Um, yeah, I think that this question of are we minimalist is difficult because we're trying to figure out what works for us and, you know, what degree of it we want to engage in and what is going to help our lifestyle and make our lifestyle better and what's going to hinder our lifestyle and make us crazy neurotic people, you know? <laughs> Who collect cliff bar <laughs> But, like, it's interesting. My dad always says the more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And I think that works in two ways, really, like, Wow. It was always really, dad quotes now. Yeah. <laughs> it was really clear to me, like, I hate lawn care. I never want to take care of a lawn, so I just don't want a lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also works uh, in the other way, right? Like, if I have all this stuff that I'm trying to get rid of, it's kind of my responsibility a little bit to, like, look a little harder and see if I can recycle it in a good way. Like, even the fact that we safe dispose, like mm. rather than just willy nilly throwing stuff in the trash, like that's an extra step. It's a little harder, but like it's our responsibility for having purchased paint thinner to like get rid of it in a reasonable way. Right. Yeah. But I think like now with this mindset of like it's awesome to get rid of things, but like getting rid of things isn't the point. It's helped me at least when I'm going into buying decisions because I'm not thinking of it. Like I used to go into buying decisions and be like, I can afford this and I want it. Mm. And that was like the metric for it. And what I was finding was that in a lot of situations that wasn't actually making me happy. You know, like I felt really unable to make the decision of like, is this thing worth the amount of money that I'm about to spend on it? Mm -hmm. And am I going to like it this amount of money this much time from now? This is starting to sound like a word problem. (laughs) (laughs) If Jordan buys this jacket, (laughs) will she still like it? What is it like, right? The, uh, I'm thinking of the specific, like depreciating. Oh, like when yeah. When you're learning interest, you know? But, mm-hmm. like, 
some vaguer form of subjective depreciation. <laughs> well, it kind of is, right? And, like, it's easy, like, to be in any store. I'm not going to pick on H&M because they actually do clothing recycling in their stores now, which mm. is kind of cool. Um, but, like, it's easy to be in any store and be like, oh, this shirt is $20. I like it right now. If I wear it once and like it, it's not going to matter what happens to it later because I can afford that. Right. <clears throat> and... But then, like, I would end up not liking that later, and I'd be like, oh, man, $20 is, like, four lattes. Like, that's a bummer, <laughs> you know? I think for me, like, I guess minimalism is not, like, a moral judgment on other people and how much <laughs> stuff they had, have or don't have, you know? It's, like, for me and my relationship with my stuff, minimalism or, like, our form of minimalism has been an interesting way to, like, feel better about spending my money because mm. I kind of use it as this like faux spending ban I guess in a way to be like I'm not going to spend money on something unless I can afford it and I like it and I can see myself liking it for a long time mm -hmm. and I personally have started doing a thing where like it has to have some other sustainable quality mm. you know it has to like come from something recycled or be made of something that's like natural and be made by like adult people in nice working conditions mm -hmm. and things like that, you know, and not again, not because of some like moral judgment I'm passing on anyone else, not because I'm going to think I like saved the earth as Dylan has very helpfully pointed out. My personal consumer behavior is not going to like, stop greenhouse gas emissions mm -hmm. um but just because it's a useful metric to me to like slow myself down during a purchasing process and really think about that purchase and decide whether that's something i want like we talked about in the patients episode effectively hmm. yeah i mean i try to think of for my buying habits i mean i try to do i'm trying to do the thrifting thing but i end up breaking that resolution we'll see put it out to the audience going to be honest <laughs> with everyone might happen but aside from that i mean i really mainly buy well all right i mean the last things i bought were things for the kitchen so i bought a cast iron skillet or mm. a cast iron uh dutch oven to bake bread in and it's supposed to be able to last generations is the promise <laughs> so <laughs> Have you decided who you're going to will it to? <laughs> I don't know. Probably just a stranger. <laughs> um, yeah. So and that was, I don't know, presumably made in pretty good conditions. The company is, I mean, Lodge. They've just here in America, somewhere in like the Midwest, maybe. And they've been around forever. And they're just like the people here who make the things they make like cast iron skillets and dutch ovens and that's just like what they do i think our cast iron skillet is actually from them as well yeah i mean there's stuff i just bought it at target it's not like i had to go way out of my way to do it but i don't know so that was my last and the kitchen scale which wasn't like i don't know that probably wasn't maybe the most sustainably made thing it was like a 21 dollar kitchen scale uh but aside from that most of my other stuff is outdoors gear that's the mainly my purchase and all that is cottage industry i buy some bigger brand stuff but even the bigger brand stuff they're usually pretty good i know some companies have recently caught flack about uh working conditions won't talk too much shit about them on here 
Yeah, I mean, we're not perfect, right? Like, sometimes you just got to go to Rite Aid and, like, get the thing you're going for. Like, sometimes you got to order something on Amazon because you need the thing. Yeah. Um, I guess it's it's more of a mindfulness for me. Like, mindful consumption was my goal of the year. And I think in the past, it's been really easy for me to just be like, oh, I can have this thing because I'm here and I have the money for it right now. And slowing myself down a little bit has been interesting and being like, do I have another one of these that works just as well? You know, like I started Marie Kondo folding my clothes so that I can like see all of them all at one time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has really like been interesting for me because then it's like, oh, I have a lot of pair of pants just because I'm in a store and I like those pants and I can afford them doesn't necessarily mean those like these pants are going to make me happier than any of the pants that I have. Mm. You know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, we're doing it again. We're back in it. Sorry. We never left. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I think there was a stage also when we moved in together where like accumulation was really important because we just didn't have the right stuff between us and like the stuff that we needed Mm -hmm. and so we were kind of in this mode of like oh shit we don't have xyz we need to get one Mm -hmm. um and when you're in that mode it's easy to make a decision based on like oh what's the one we can afford (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like we should not have purchased a two thousand dollar couch that would not have been the right choice but now i think there are very few things that we need that we don't have. And in those situations, we go out and buy things like you went out and bought your scale because you're learning to make bread and that's what one does. Mm -hmm. And like, that was a necessity. Yeah. But you know, now we're kind of in more of a like, Oh, if something breaks, we should probably replace it. Mm -hmm. Like the kitchen towel situation. Mm. Um, I bought these, the last kitchen towels we had at home goods and basically, as soon as we started using them, they started getting dirty because the kitchen is a dirty place and they were white. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this weird trend in kitchen towels where, like, all of them are at least a little bit white, huh. which just doesn't make any fucking sense. And so we'd had them for several years, but it, because of the bread making, it was really getting, yeah. like, unreasonable in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the bread's defense, they were on their way out. Yeah, no, definitely. Um and so I had like put kitchen towels on my list and was just kind of like out there looking for ones that I really liked because I didn't want to go back to Home Goods and just buy like whatever ones were there that weekend, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I like that's a pretty accurate description of walking to Home Goods. Like, oh, let's, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, I mean, when we moved here, we literally had this huge list. We went to Home Goods and we were like, oh, this is the dish rack that's here right now, and we literally need one. Yeah. You know? And that's like totally reasonable at a certain stage of life. And like, would be reasonable for us right now if that's what we wanted. I think we're just like freaks who like to be mindful about this shit. <laughs> like, I, it's totally fair for people to be like, literally, this doesn't matter. I never think about it. We just are like really what it's like to think of the self. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. <laughs> introspective. We're like weirdly introspective about a lot of things we do. I guess that's why we have a podcast about them and talk to people about them. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so I had had these kitchen towels on a list. I go to a lot of like makers markets and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll run into some eventually. Mm-hmm. And I did. I ran into them on Instagram. Um, 
oh god i can't remember the brand now Mm. failure i'll put it in the show notes um and these towels are linen which fun fact is um the like fabric made from flax fiber Mm -hmm. didn't know that Mm -mm. very natural um and they're made in lithuania weird um but what I liked about them was that they weren't white even a little bit. Like, it wasn't, like, mostly gray, but then a white stripe. It was, like, they were all gray and beige. And I thought that would be a good situation for wiping hands and wiping dishes and sometimes wiping the counter and just, mm-hmm. like, things that happen. Um, we had had some cotton towels that we got from Target, and one of our huge beefs was that, like, they didn't absorb water. Mm-hmm. They were, like, out here repelling water as I'm trying to, like, wipe water up with them, and that's not what I need from a towel. And so I had read that linen was really absorbent, which we actually just proved today. So yeah. that was sweet. And um, linen is supposed to get soft the more you wash it, and something about that was, like, really attractive to me in my soul. Like, I could imagine just, like, touching the towel and having it be very soft and how pleasant that would be. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I bought those towels and they were not the cheapest towels that have ever existed, but I could afford them. And I felt as I was making that purchase that like, this is something I sincerely want and something I'm going to want for a long time. And that's exciting. And then we got them and we put our other towels in our um, textile recycling bag that we bought from Brass, which we will probably review in an eco episode. But point being, that we're not like accumulating towels. We don't need hundreds of kitchen towels. We needed new kitchen towels and the old kitchen towels have to go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's more where we're at now is like if things are coming in, it's because other things are going out, hopefully to a place where they can be like reasonably recycled, not thrown in the garbage. Mm-hmm. But also because we're humans and we live in New York City. Like this is an island partially made of actual garbage like sometimes we have to throw things in the garbage Mm. and that's okay because we're doing our best yeah yeah i think so and i don't like feel bad about buying things because actually i do really like buying things but i think i personally have reached an equilibrium where i'm like i am happy with the things that i'm bringing in and i'm I feel that they're a good use of my money and a good use of our space. And I have a better relationship with them now, I think, when I think about them in this way. Cool. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know that I have anything to add to it. I mean, that's really, like, pretty fair. Pretty, like, where I'm at. I don't know that that means... I I don't know. This argument might sound stupid. I don't know that I want to run around calling myself a minimalist because then I feel like every purchase I make or, like, every tote bag I take, like, I have to... <laughs> like defend my minimalism in the process of that and i don't know if that's where i want to be yeah, i would say we're mindful not minimal that was nice so that was like a cute little tagline mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I, I think like we have a thoughtful relationship with our stuff and i think that's a good place for us to be right now yeah thanks for listening to this episode of apartment 26 For more info on the stuff we talk about on this episode, check out the show notes linked below. And follow us on Instagram at apt26podcast. See you next time.